I drive a Nissan Versa hatchback, and I brought both of these enormous plants in it this morning. So I just, I feel like you should know that, like I should somehow get credit for shoving those things in that little car. Um, I brought these with you. If you're visiting with us this morning, you might think these are just beautiful. They're part of the normal decor, but they're not. They're from my living room, and I brought them here. Um, and so this is called a grape ivy. It doesn't really grow grapes. It's just a house plant. It's just decorative. And this is called a diplodenia. And this is like my favorite plant right now. It's supposed to grow in a tropical climate, so it can spend the summer outside. Then you have to bring it in the fall. All the leaves fall off. It's anyway. But isn't it beautiful? Yeah, I thought that you would think that. Okay. Um, I just. I wanted to bring them because I've had both of these plants for a really long time, like for a lot of years, and they have made a couple of really big moves with me. When I moved from Kingston, Ontario, out to Halifax, Nova Scotia um, in 2012, I moved in December. And I took all my stuff in a U-Haul truck, and I drove all the house plants in my car. I love houseplants, and I was very determined to get them all there. So we put the little ones in coolers, because it's cold, right, in December, and we pack them all in the car and set out on this big trip across the country. And um, you can't, like, it's snowy and it's cold, and you can't make the trip from Kingston to Halifax quite in one day with a U-Haul truck in the snowstorm. Like, you have to, you have to stay overnight somewhere, and that is hard to do when you have a, a car full of house plants and it's minus 15 degrees. So I had to phone four different bed and breakfasts to find a place that would let us unload a car full of house plants into their foyer to spend the night inside with us. But I found one. And the woman was very sympathetic to the plight. And they survived two days of driving and, and the night in Fredericton. And then when we got to Halifax, um, there were so many people, this is so nice, so many people came to help move that unloading the truck happened in like 20 minutes. It was super fast. Great move, except that in those 20 minutes while we were unloading the truck in Halifax, someone left the hatchback on my car open. You know, they didn't know. They just left it open. It's only going to be for a few minutes. Well, 15 or 20 minutes open, all the plants froze. <laughs> So they come in, people come bringing in the plants, and they have, all the leaves have that, like, dark green wet look that lettuce gets when it, goes, when it freezes by accident in the back of your fridge. Does that just happen to me? <laughs> okay. Anyway, so all the leaves have that wet look, and then overnight, they just all fell off. <laughs> so I got up in the morning, the plants are in a, you know, an area of the living room, all the leaves are on the ground. If you're not a plant person, this is going to seem like an overreaction, but I like sat down on the floor and wept, <laughs> okay? And part of it is the plants. I really do love them. And part of it is that when you're moving to a big new place, you like, you want your things, right? Especially your alive things. Like it matters. And, and I worked hard to get them there and now they're dead. So I just, I just bawled. Um, the diplodenia ended up looking just like, uh, just like sticks around other sticks. Like you can see down here, this wood, this is all that was left, just the wood. And this one has very soft stems, so that whole entire thing was ruined. So I did the best thing that I could think of doing. I cut everything off right at the soil, and I just 
hoped that maybe the root systems were strong enough that they could restart. Um, <clears throat> some of you are pastors, or you used to be pastors, and so you'll understand when I say this next thing. It's hard to pick a topic for a one-off sermon. Uh, we tend to preach in series, and so we always know what's coming next in the series. But this little week, September 2nd, fell between two series. So last week we wrapped up Kingdom Stories, which was a great time this summer. And if you didn't hear it, it's on our, the podcast on our website, ericsoncovenant.ca. And next week we're going to start some, uh, a few weeks on the vision of our church for the fall. But this week is a single week. And it's hard to pick a topic for a single week. And so as I was getting ready for this, I walked past um, a, my, I was walking past my bookshelf because I was pacing back and forth trying to think of something to say. And, uh, <laughs> and I have this card, this postcard on my bookshelf that has a very similar picture to this. Um, and I was remembering the time when I heard first someone preach about the vine and the branches in John 15. And uh, I think on the Labor Day weekend, when we're finishing a summer season and we're looking to the fall, there are some things in this text uh, that I need to reflect on again. And you get to hear all my reflections. So here's the text that we're going to look at this morning. This is John 15, verses 1 through 4. Not, I, I have cut a couple of pieces out that so would fit up here. Um, so I'm, you're going to hear a little bit more than what is written on there. You can listen to this. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I find this image really helpful in a season of transition, this moment of transition in the year. And I also find it really relatable because I've been working in my garden a little bit right now. And mostly what I'm doing is bringing in tomatoes and kale and peppers, and mostly what I'm doing with those is freezing them and hoping that someday later on I'll have enough time to make spaghetti sauce. Um, but at least the freezer's full. And I've also been working with raspberry canes. Some of you have been to my house, and uh, I bought a house in May, and I was delighted to find that it came with this enormous overgrown raspberry patch, just huge raspberry canes growing all along the fence around the garden, which is nice. I've had great raspberries this summer. They're also in the freezer waiting for me to do something with them. But it hasn't been cared for very well in the last couple of years. And so what that means is that the inside part of the raspberry bushes is just just all kinds of treacherous dead wood sticking out in all directions. So when you reach in to pick the berries, your eyes are very likely going to get poked at. Um, and so I have been cutting that off. I've been cutting off the shoots that are done producing. I've been ripping out the dead wood. I've been trimming everything back trying to leave just a few new shoots that are coming up. And so I've been reflecting on this scripture, and there are some things that stand out to me. 
What I'd like to do this morning is share a couple of my thoughts about each of those things and a question that I find myself asking. And then I'm going to just read the scripture through for you. And I want to give us a couple of minutes of quiet to reflect on that part, reflect on that idea, on that question. Now, that is a little bit different than what we usually do in the sermon, so that's okay. I have found that usually it's helpful to have a little bit of guided guidance in a reflection, and I hope that you'll find that helpful too. So let's try it out. The first thing that stands out to me in this passage of Scripture is this deep sense of connection that Jesus is describing with us and with the Father. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. And then a little bit later on, he says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. When you have those two together, we have this incredible picture of a vine. I mean, it's a grapevine. That's what he's describing, that you'd find in a vineyard with branches coming up out of this very healthy vine. And a gardener who probably planted and certainly cares for the vine, walking around, taking care of it, doing what it needs to be healthy. This is going to be right now the most obvious thing I've ever said in a sermon. The vine and the branches are so incredibly connected to one another. See what I mean? The most obvious thing. Of course they're connected. But I found that really, really powerful this week. They're so connected. You can't pull those apart. Now, the diplodenia is not exactly the same as a grapevine. I understand. But... It does have similar things. It has these big, woody kind of stems, like, and then it has these little soft green branches that poke out, and that's what the flowers grow on. That's what the fruit would grow on on a vine. But the, the vine and the branches, man, they're the same. It's the same bark that covers them. It's the same stuff that runs through the middle. And that's the kind of imagery that Jesus is using to describe our relationship with him. He is the solid, strong vine that has roots in the ground. And we are the branches that spring up off him. And so our water and our nutrients come through him, and he sustains our life. In other places, Jesus talks about all of us, being parts of a body, and he's the head of the body. That's kind of the same thing. So connected to one another, they're all part of one whole. So we're going to do our first round of reflection about that idea. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite you to find a comfortable way to sit. You probably already have that. That's good. And to open your hands up, if you would. This isn't, there's nothing weird or magic about this. <laughs> Somebody at the back went like that. That's, that's really good. I appreciate that. <laughs> so open your hands up. That's just a way of us saying to God with our bodies, we are ready to receive what you have. And then I'm going to invite you to close your eyes, which I know is hard. You just have to trust me. I'm not going to do anything weird. And we're going to be quiet together for a minute. And as I read the scripture, try to imagine yourself 
being a branch connected to a vine. Imagine water coming up through you. Imagine being really securely rooted. And everything you need coming from that vine. Imagine that while while I'm reading. I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Now, while your eyes are still closed, what do you want to remember about this image, about this reflection? And you can open your eyes if you want. And if you want to write down the thing you want to remember, there's a little note section in your bulletin. That's a great spot for that. Thanks for trying it also. You guys did a great job. At least from up here, it looked like you did a really good job. Um, That's the first thing that stands out to me, is this deep connection that we feel to Jesus, that Jesus feels with us. I keep waiting for him to get all the way up here, Nicole. I think that'll be funny. <laughs> Little Braden is like army crawling up the center aisle while everybody's eyes are closed. That <laughs> was pretty great. Um, the second thing that stands out to me is the idea of pruning. Jesus says that the gardener, the father, that's God, who is tending the garden, cuts off any branch that doesn't bear fruit. Now, that can feel harsh. But actually, it's quite normal in a garden, right? It's just like my raspberry canes. You wouldn't be a very good gardener if you just let dead wood keep accumulating on your, on your vines. And so the point of the vine is fruit. And if a branch doesn't bear fruit, you have to cut it off because it sends energy and resources into the branches that are bearing fruit. Now, I am going to make a big assumption And I think it's a good one that nobody here is a branch that's not bearing fruit that's at risk of being cut off. And I'm making that assumption for two reasons. One is that I think the fact that you're choosing with your life to be around a community that's pursuing God, that you're curious about Jesus, that you're asking questions and you're here, I think that speaks something about your heart. I also want to make that assumption because Jesus makes that assumption about the folks who are listening to him. He says, you're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. And he's letting them know, I'm already doing a work in you. Letting them know which part of the story they can find themselves in, how to interpret their own lives. So we're going to count ourselves in that company as well. So he says, every branch that does bear fruit, that's us. The gardener prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. And it sounds like a nice thing, pruning. 
But pruning is shocking, right? Like it can be very disturbing to watch. You start out with a great big, huge, leafy plant, and you just start hacking that thing off, cutting off main stalks, cutting the branches way back. With a lot of plants, the more ruthless you are at pruning, the healthier the plant becomes. I know that's not all plants, but a lot of plants. You know how that works with basil. The, the more you pinch off the top of the basil, the more it extends out, gets bushier and leafier, and, the, and, and there's more stems. And it's the same with roses. I learned on the garden tour this year that when your rose petals fall off the rose, if you come down the stem to the place where, okay, this is, Maybe more information than you need. Maybe you already know. You have to come down the stem to the place where the stem that has leaves has five leaves again. Some of them only have three at the top, but you come down to where there's five and cut it off there and it grows a new flower. Amazing. You can prune lots of things that way. Tom told me he went to a greenhouse once to find out some information about how to prune his fruit trees. He asked the guy to show him. The guy took him out to the back where all the trees were growing and just started just, just, hacking off whole branches. He said some, he just would look at it and then go, well, and just cut the whole top off. (laughs) Doesn't seem like a great idea. Pruning is incredibly painful, incredibly challenging. And that's what Jesus is telling us. If we're bearing fruit in our lives, what we can expect from the Father in his care for us is that he'll prune us. And as we transition into a new year, I wonder, I wonder if we know how were we pruned this past year? How has God been pruning in my life? So that's going to be our question. We're going to go and do the reflection part again. So you can sit comfortably. You can open your hands and close your eyes. And as I read the scripture this time, Ask yourself this question, what has been pruned in my life? What's been cut off or limited or brought to an end this year? And you might want to ask yourself, how am I handling that? Am I fighting the pruning or am I allowing it to happen? I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. While you keep your eyes closed, what do you want to remember? What did Jesus bring to mind? And then you can open your eyes and you can write that down if you want to. So we're talking about connection with Jesus We're talking about pruning. And the third thing that stands out to me is this idea of remaining in Jesus. Some translations use the word abide here. And I want to really tell you, I find this one of the most 
confusing things. What does it mean to abide in Jesus? What does it mean to remain in him? We get some information from the rest of the story. It's common sense, I guess, that that branches don't grow any fruit unless they're connected to the vine or the tree. That makes sense. They'll just die if they get cut off. And if I don't stay connected to Jesus in that beautiful way that we imagined earlier, I won't bear any fruit. It's the same thing. I can't grow. I can't sustain my life. How do we stay connected to Jesus? I want to propose that it's the same way that we stay connected to anybody else in our lives who we care about. We talk to them. We listen to them. We remember things about them. We think the best of them. We spend time together. A lot of obvious things. I don't know if this is true for you, and I don't know what it means that a pastor is the one who's going to say this, but I find I find that hard to do. Do you find that hard to do with Jesus? It's hard for me sometimes to get quiet and listen and reflect on Scripture. Some, some people are great at it, and I love being around those people, and I, and I respect them, and I wish I was like that, but I, I struggle. Sometimes I can't find the quiet. And it's not, that, it's not that there isn't any quiet. I'm single. I live by myself. If I just don't make any noise, it's quiet at my house, right? Like, that, that's not the problem. The problem is that I get distracted and I get pulled away from it. And even sometimes it's that in my spirit it's restless. Like I resist, I resist the quiet with Jesus inside me. Isn't that crazy? Even though I know it brings life, even though I want to do it. Paul, who um, wrote most of, well, he wrote a lot of the New Testament. Um, he talks about this thing that I think I feel. He calls it uh, battling with our sinful nature. And he says what that means is that I end up doing what I don't want to do, and I end up not doing what I do want to do. <laughs> and I find myself so grateful, so glad. I'm so glad that Paul wrote that down. <laughs> I'm so glad that he told us that that goes on for him so that I can know that he struggled with that too. Jesus says, remain in me. And sometimes I think, okay, but I'm so tired. Remain in me. I know, but I'm so frustrated with this thing in my life, and I'm sad about this other thing. And there's a lot of stuff to get done. Remain in me. Yeah, but I'm embarrassed about how things are going, right? I'm not sure I want to hear, Jesus, what you have to say. Does it go like that in you? I don't know. (laughs) I'm not the only person. Sometimes it's like that in me. So I want you to know that there is no judgment or condemnation here. And there isn't with Jesus either. He's not guilting us with this. He's not adding to a to-do list. He is telling us the truth about the state of our being. It's true about how it will go with me. No branch can bear fruit by itself. Neither can we bear fruit unless we remain in Jesus. So let's go back to this reflection. You can close your eyes. You can open your hands. 
Um, And as I read, first of all, try to let go of any guilt (laughs) about how it's been to remain in Jesus. And then try to receive. We're going to ask him, Jesus, what would be life-giving? What would bring connection with you? What would you put in place in my life to make sure I can remain in the vine? We'll ask those things as we listen. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. What do you want to remember about what Jesus says to you? When you're ready, you can open your eyes. You can write that down. This is a new season, isn't it? For a lot of us, September is, that feels like the real New Year's, (laughs) actually, because we start new jobs. Some of us, there are new classes at school, new activities to be around, new things kick off at church. Sometimes, Well, when I was growing up, near the end of August, what that meant was that my mom would haul all these garbage bags full of fall and winter clothes out of the crawl space in our house, and we had to try everything on, and we would discard the clothes that didn't fit, and then we would try to buy new things that we needed. And that's some of the work in this season as we look to the new year. We pull out plants, we prune trees and bushes, we put flower bulbs and garlic bulbs, because we live in Creston, into the ground, right, to get ready for for the spring. There's things to get rid of, and there's things to take in. There's pruning, and there's remaining. All the plants that froze when I moved to Halifax, Uh, came back way healthier (laughs) than they were before. Isn't that funny? Like, I thought for sure they would die. And I never in a million years would have been brave enough to think, what I should do with my houseplant is just cut it off at the dirt. That'll help it. But it happened unintentionally. And within six months, there was so much new growth. It was amazing. And so three and a half years later, when I was packing up my car to drive this way across the country and come to Creston, I just did it myself. (laughs) I, I literally cut everything off at the dirt and put the pots in my car and brought them. And so 
This is like less than two years worth of growth. That's amazing. And it's probably due this one at least for some pruning again. So while we're having coffee today, I brought some scissors. They're right here. And um, what I'm going to invite you to do if you want to is to come up and... I won't leave them like that. That seems very dangerous. Um, (laughs) Obviously, there's no kids this high running around my house. Okay, so um, what I'll invite you to do during coffee, if you want, is to come up to the front and and find a piece of the plant and, and sniff it off. And if you want to, you can take it home and put it in a glass of water, and that thing will root within a month, and you can start a new plant at your house. And I think that what it'll do is promote new growth on my plant. And what I hope it'll do for you is be a reminder through this new season that God is helping you grow, that he's pruning things, that he's helping you remain in him, and that that is going to be fruitful in your life. Let's pray together. Jesus, I am grateful that you are the vine. And I'm grateful, Father, that you are the gardener, that you're the one who is taking care, that you're pruning in our lives, that you're cutting things back, that you're making things new. We offer all of our reflections today back to you. We ask you to seal those memories for us. We would remember what you said here. And would you make this a beautiful and fruitful fall season? in all of our lives. We pray in your name. Amen. Thanks for doing that experiment with me. Thanks for being with us this morning. And the Dream Team is really happy to host you for coffee at the back.